All right, we join you on the fan on this Wednesday evening, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it, as always. And obviously, one of the things that uh, is a very big story as we get ready for opening day is how the Mets will fare in the bullpen after a really disappointing year last year. And the Mets decided... Listen, they made a blockbuster trade. They decided that they would give Diaz another chance. Now, they have not named him officially as the closer yet, but everybody believes that he's going to be the closer, especially since Batances, it looks like, will not be ready, will not be at full strength, will not be throwing at full velocity at the start of the season. That looks to be the case now from what we've heard so far this year. So he's not ready yet, although he is a very, very important uh, cog and and security blanket in case the refigured having lost thirty pounds familia isn't very good and Diaz doesn't do his job. They they kept Diaz. I was against keeping Diaz. I think sometimes a guy comes off a spectacular season which Diaz had in two thousand eighteen, one of the remarkable years. Uh, allowed 40 hits in 70 innings. He uh, was just overwhelming with the statistics, with the saves, 57 saves, the whole thing. And then he has a nightmare last year, just an absolute nightmare. An ERA almost six, a you know a record number of home runs allowed in the ninth inning. Got tattooed after tattooed after tattooed. And to me, I just think some guys are just not made for this town. And I understand that that's a rash thought with a 25-year-old. But if the Mets put their eggs in the Diaz basket and it explodes again this year, it will really be crushing for them. Now, he was on the fan today. I did not hear it. I know he was on, so I want to listen with you now on some of the things he said because nobody has been, and I know we addressed this, more of a naysayer than I have been because I was dead set against bringing it back, and I've been very vocal about that. So here's Diaz on hoping to bounce back from last year. Last year, you know, was a tough year for me. You know, I, w- I wasn't able to to pitch the way I want to. You know, uh, my, I, I pitched in 2008 great, so I was looking to do that in 2019, but I, wish I wasn't able to do that. And this season, I worked hard. I put a lot of work in my body, you know, work a lot in my mechanics, in my pitches. And I think this year is a new year, and um, we are ready to go. All right. Uh, I mean, he's still 25 years old, so I understand that. And he seems to be a very, very nice kid, which you can tell from the interview. But how about he got in spring training this year, his first outing wasn't good, but no one cares about that. How about spring training so far? Spring going great for me. You know, I get here early, start working out early. You know, my first outing wasn't good. I was happy about what I do in the mound. You know, I secured my slotted really good. You know, I was able to command my fastball the way I want to. But my second start, I... I think I pitched great. All right, has he found the problem? Last year I wasn't able to get up front with my fastball, the uh, fingers on top of the ball. 
and I go to the off season, review the season, and I think that was the problem. So I focus in the off season to try to stay on top of the ball with my fastball, with my slider, to able, to be able to command my fastball away and my slider down and away. All right, and I'll take uh, the hit on some of this because the media, probably me more than anyone else, has been hard on him. I've been very hard on him. Uh, how about dealing with the media? That motivates me, you know, the bad season. Everybody, everybody got to ha- have a bad season one time in their career. So I think that was my bad season. You know, I, I put everything together now. You know, I, I had to prove, you know, I know how to prove too much because, you know, I put my numbers in my first three years in the big league. But I got I to gotta work hard and try to do my best every time. Uh, that he wants to prove the naysayers uh, wrong. Luis Rojas supported me a lot last year. You know, one of the guys come to talk to me every day and support me. You know, um, and now I'm happy we're having as a manager. Um, do we have the one on the naysayers or no? That motivates me, you know, the bad season, everybody, everybody got to ha- have a bad season one time in their career. So I think that was my bad season, you know, I, I put everything together now, you know, I, can, I had to prove, you know, I know how to prove too much because, you know, I put my numbers in my first three years in the big league. But I got to I gotta work hard and try to do my best every time. See, not everybody, and I, he's right. He had great numbers, including an incredible 2018 when he got 57 saves and allowed 40 hits in 73 innings. Last year, his ERA was 5.59. He gave up 58 hits in 58 innings, and he gave up 15 ninth-inning home runs and lost crushing game after crushing game and just wasn't able to get anybody out in a big spot. Not everybody's made for this town. Look at Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray just could not pitch here. Go back to the days of Ed Whitson. He couldn't pitch here. Sonny Gray left last year, went to Cincinnati, which is a mediocre team, and pitched great. Not everybody's made for New York. Now we're going to see if I was right about that, and he has trouble again this year, or I was wrong about it, and they were right to keep him because he turned around and put together a spectacular season. Now, they did give themselves an insurance policy by signing Batances. Batances is not throwing hard yet. He's still overcoming, obviously, injuries, obviously, in two places. So he's got a lot to work with. and he's. It, it, but if you have Batances up and clicking by May, he is one of the best relievers in all of baseball. He is one of the hardest guys to hit in all of baseball. And that may be a godsend if, if Diaz, and I'm not going to say anything about the fact he went out there and get hit really hard the first time he went out there in the spring because I don't care about spring training. But I think that not everybody is made to handle the big stage in New York. And this guy, to me, just was not made for this here. And I... I'm very concerned that they made a bad decision here. There were teams that would have taken this guy. Now, would they have gotten paid, you know, 100 cents on the dollar? No, they would not have. You're not going to do that. They took the Cano contract because they wanted Diaz. I understand that. They still have Cano. They got to pay him. I think Cano will have a bounce-back year. I thought he had a bounce-back second half. I think he'll do better this year, playing about 120 games. I think he'll be good for this team. 
He doesn't have to carry the team. And he can just go about his business and do a very good job of being a leader on the team. But the question is, do you believe in Diaz or not? And I don't. I don't. The Mets do. And Diaz says, hey, everyone has a bad year. I'm going to bounce back. Now, here was his thoughts on Carlos Belcher to finish it up. Go ahead. When that thing happened, I text him, you know, I, 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 text, I love you, I respect, I respect you and from the field and outside the field because he's a great guy, you know. That thing happened, happened, but, you know, I respect, I respect him a lot, so uh, I want to keep touching with him. All right, I give him credit for being loyal, you know. You don't throw your friends away when they make a mistake. So I agree with that, all right. So you show some loyalty. I, I think that was nice. I think that's very admirable. This guy seems like a nice kid. He's only 25 years old. He's got really good stuff. But the thing about having a hellacious slider is what happens when you what happens when you hang it. And having a really good fastball and what happens when you don't get location. This guy last year in 58 innings allowed 15 homers. Every one of them almost in a big spot. I just think there are certain guys that are not made for the pressure that we put players under here. And everybody in every town puts closers under pressure. But there's pressure, and then there's New York pressure. And it's not a terrible thing when you realize, like the Yankees did last year, the Yankees realized and give them credit for it. They didn't go bang their head against the wall with Sonny Gray again. They said, you know what? Sonny Gray's not made for here. This isn't where he belongs. Let him go to a small town and let him compete. What did he do? Competed like really well. He was back to being a top pitcher again. He left town. He found what was right for him. I wouldn't look, I wouldn't, you know, think badly of Diaz if that turns out to be the case. Not everybody's made to pitch on this site. In this locale, in these stadiums, with the inherent pressure that is built up day after day by just being part of the New York scene, whether it's Yankee or it's Met, there's still plenty of pressure on the Met side. Not as much as on the Yankee side in a big spot, especially in the postseason, but the bottom line is it's still a lot of pressure, and he did not handle that last year. Now, if you want to tell me it was all mechanical, Okay, they're believing that. But they believed it until a point. They believed it until a point because they still, they brought familiar back who nobody in this town has any faith in. And I know this is the remodeled familiar. So, but you're not asking him to close. You're asking him to set up. And right now, you're going to ask Batances to come along slowly and set up, and you're going to let Diaz close the games. But you're not going to know when he takes it to the mound those first couple of times whether or not he's going to be the guy he was in Seattle in 2018 or the disaster he was last year where he just destroyed this team's chances.
you can't have a big closer do a worse job than he did last year. I mean, he came into game after game and just got absolutely tattooed. I mean, you're talking about not just hit, but clobbered. It wasn't like it was a, you know, a walk and a broken bat single and then somebody threw a ball away and you lose the game. They were hitting the ball off him nine miles. They were, he was hanging sliders. He was missing with fastballs. Does he have good stuff? Heck yeah, he's got good stuff. He's got really good stuff. You don't do what he did in the closer role if you don't have really good stuff. He's got really good stuff. But does he have what it takes to pitch here? Is that not the reason for what happens? Is there a mechanical reason? Did he just have an off-season? As he says, just had an off-year and he's back this year. And I admit, he wants to answer and, you know, use the naysayers for motivation. I understand that. Good for him. And I admit, I was the biggest naysayer of the bunch. I don't believe in him. I don't think he's going to be better here. And frankly, I hope I'm wrong because, you know what, that would be very, very big positive. The Mets need a bullpen to be really good this year. If they want to get where they want to get to, if they want to get to the postseason, if they want to win 90-plus games and win at least a wild card or win a division and win 90-plus games this year, they are going to have to pitch really well out of the bullpen. They're going to have to win the eighth inning and the ninth inning a lot of times after their starter leaves with a 3-2 or a 2-1 or a one nothing lead and not blow those games in the ninth inning. Or give up a three-run jack in the, in the eighth inning. That's where it has to be different this year. And he can tell us it's different. I just don't believe him right now. I don't believe in him. I think the Mets made a mistake bringing him back. I admit I am that naysayer right now. I admit I'm on that side of the coin right now. And... I need to see that it's going to be different. He's going to get his chances, maybe as early as opening day. It's going to be him. It's not going to be familiar. I don't think it does not look like, at least from what we've seen so far, it does not look like Patances will be ready to be that guy on opening day. I don't worry about that. It's a long season, but it looks like it's going to take him a little longer to get some of that snap back in what is an arsenal as good as any reliever has really ever had. We understand what the weaknesses are with uh, with him from you know with Patances. We know what he can't do and what he can do, but he can be as overpowering as any reliever has ever been when he's on his game. That's how good he can be. He can be scary good. And I think bringing him along may turn out to be the, the move of the season. If Diaz fails, and unfortunately I think he's going to. He obviously has different ideas about it, and I respect that. You would think he would. 
Yeshua Rojas does, Yeshua the Mets have different ideas about it, thinking that he's going to be different this year, that he's going to answer all the critics, answer all the naysayers, answer all the baseball to the fact that, hey, this was just me changing leagues. I got off on a wrong track, and I never got it turned around. That this year, he's going to be the guy. We shall see. It couldn't be any more clear as to what the two lines, what the two camps are. Diaz on this side, Matanzas on that side. Back after this. All right, big game tonight in the Big East. Seton Hall hosting Villanova. Now, earlier this year, Seton Hall went and won it over for the first time in long, long time. I think back to 94 was the last time. Uh, they can wrap up the league here with a win. They have a game against Creighton coming up later this week. Um, this is a, obviously a big game. Villanova's coming off a loss at home to Providence. They've had a couple of losses in the league this year. They're not your typical classic Villanova uh, team. They, they struggle. I mean, against Providence, they shot 2-9 in the first half from the foul line. And they're a 77% foul shooting team. And they couldn't knock their threes down. They are bigger than recent Nova teams, but they are not they are not equipped in the same way recent teams have, uh, are, in that they just don't have the guard play. Uh, they can be erratic from the perimeter. They can be erratic with a lead. They can be erratic from the perimeter. Um, Seton Hall looks to have righted the ship a little bit after those losses that they had. Um, they were the coaching staff was tough on a couple of the guys about the effort they were getting. This is obviously a, a, a very big game. Both these teams are headed, you know, to the NCAA tournament. That's not an issue in any way. Villanova right now, I think, barring sweeping the league and getting very hot, will be a four. Could be a three. Seton Hall could be as high as a two if they win this game tonight and then play well in the conference tournament. They could be a two. They'll probably be no lower than a three. So you got these two there. You got Creighton there also. You got a lot of teams from the Big East there this year, uh, and it is wide open. But this is a very, very big game for, you know, Nova has so dominated this league over the last six years. This would be a very, very big game for Seton Hall tonight. And it's a big game for for uh, for Villanova, not because they have to win it every year, but because they, if they want to accomplish something this year, they have got to get far more consistent, especially with their perimeter players pursuit their guard play. All right, a couple of calls real quick. Mark in Oceanside, what's up, Mark? Hey, Mike. The reason that uh, the Mets brought back Diaz is Brody is trying to save face. He got absolutely undressed in the deal that he traded at minor leaguers for a high-priced, washed-up infielder and a reliever who can't get anybody out. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, listen, we know why he did it, and the, the guy was great two years ago. Relievers have bad years. I just don't believe he's going to turn it around, and a lot of people do. We'll see what happens. I mean, two years ago, the guy was great. He wasn't good. He was great, and he's 25 years old. He's got electric stuff. Let's see if he can do it in this town. He threw, he threw batting practice last 
He did, but two years ago he was on. It, it, the guy throws ninety-eight miles an hour. He's got a wicked, uh, wicked slider. They think it was something they found that he was doing wrong. Let's see if they're right. I think they're wrong. I don't think he's made for this town. Uh, you know, either I'll be right or I'll be very wrong, and he'll do well this year. Thanks for the call. We'll see. Uh, as far as Cano, I think he'll have a better year than you think this year. Uh, Dustin in Bedminster. What's up, Dustin? All right, Joe and Wyckoff. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Mike. I had two questions for you. Yes. I've been, I've been watching a lot of the uh, the NCAA. I think those middle teams this year are going to do well in in the uh, in the NCAA. A lot of them. I just look at last night with Kentucky getting beat. They got blown out by Tennessee last night. At, at the end, after being up by seventeen, I, I'm, any of these teams can can win on any given day. But I, I had two questions for you around around Cespedes. And and Lowry, are these guys ever going? Do we gonna are we gonna get anything out of these guys this year? I don't see a, and thanks for the call. I agree with you that the tournament's going to be very wide open. There are not a lot of top teams this year, and a lot of the name teams are not as good as they've been. North Carolina won't even be in the tournament. Kentucky's not great this year. Duke has struggled at times this year. Uh, uh, Villanova, as an example, which has been so dominant, will not be dominant this year. Uh, the best team in the country, to me, clearly is Kansas. I think they're better than everybody else. We'll see what happens. Um, as far as Cespedes and Lowry, Lowry does not have a job. He's going to have to fill in. I just don't know when he'll be healthy. He's not a very important thing. With McNeil at third, Cano at second, uh, leave McNeil at third. You want to spell him and put uh, McNeil in for Cano and then put Davis at third? Okay, that's if Cespedes is in the lineup. they got to get Davis at bats. I don't know when Cespedes will play, but he's on, his, uh, he's on a contract year. He's going to be motivated. He's going to want to hit. He can hit. They've got to try and get something out of him. Uh, but let's be honest. The Mets are going to be built around McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto. Those are going to be, and, you know, and then you can sprinkle in the other guys. That's their big three. I think McNeil should bat leadoff. I think he's going to have a tremendous season. I think he's an all-star. I think Alonzo will be good. He's not going to 50 homers again. Uh, and they need a good year out of Conforto, which means 30-100 would be a really good year for Conforto. But the key to the Mets is going to be what they get from three, four, and five starters when they settle on those guys. Syndergaard, get someone to be a big-time closer, whether it's Diaz or Batances, Syndergaard being really good, and then having their defense not destroy the team. They have, a, they have a chance to be a very weak defensive team. Don't let that kill a team that still needs its pitching to be a very big factor for it. Behind, obviously, their one, two, three starters and hopefully a decent bullpen, but they have a chance to be a very weak at best, they're going to be an at best they're going to be an average defensive team. At best, and they could be far less than that. That's something they have to be careful of. And I would definitely bat McNeil first. Casamigos Tequila uh, brings you the program each and every evening. Brought to you by those who drink it. We thank them for their patronage, and we will uh, see you tomorrow. <laughs>